Today, the workplace is more dynamic and diverse than it's ever been. Four generations coming together to contribute to our economy's growth. But new challenges in the workplace are growing each and every day. This podcast brings corporate leaders to you, sharing solutions and strategies to enhance your company's culture and bring your people together. All of the solutions to your problems start with the people. Welcome to Rise Up For You's new podcast series, Workplace Solutions, People Matter. Hello, everyone. This is your host, Netalina. Thank you so much for joining us on our new podcast series, Workplace Solutions, People Matter matter. The workplace is constantly shifting. Bringing new and innovative ideas that have to do with your people is now more prevalent than ever. And we are so honored to bring to you amazing leaders, executives, corporate trainers to shed some light and insight on how we can enhance company culture and really create an environment that is thriving for your people and for your profits. Today, we have the honor of speaking with Daniel Friediger. His experience includes a career in developing and implementing mentor programs, sales, learning and development positions, organizational development, and professional development. He currently works with a company where there's 90 storefronts in one state alone with hundreds of employees, and he gets the honor of training and developing those leaders. Today, we're going to talk with him about the many hats of leadership and how we continue to make an impact in the workplace in 2020. Enjoy this episode with Daniel Fudiger. Daniel, welcome to Workplace Solutions People Matter Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. It's an honor to have you on our show. My pleasure. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. We always like to start off the episode by letting our audience get to know our guest. So I'd love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing in the workplace. Absolutely. I was actually, I'm actually born here in the United States, but I was raised outside of the country. And so fortunately for me, I have Spanish as a second language and I've grew up moving in a lot of different areas. And so had a couple of different careers, but um, all of them leading up to right now where I have the privilege of serving as the corporate trainer for a retailer here in California. Okay. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more, you know, corporate trainer is, in my opinion, has a lot of responsibility, right? Because you're really working with the entire workforce for the company that you're working with, leading them, you know, helping them create transformation in the workplace. That's a, that's a big job. So I'd love to know just from your perspective, what are some of the challenges um, that you see today that you're working through that you're, you know, as a trainer really trying to implement? Absolutely. And thank you for that question. It's, uh, you know, and each company is different. I feel real fortunate that with this company, they have awarded me quite a bit of influence uh, in this position. And so one of the tasks that I was given was to create and launch a uniform onboarding program. So we have a existing software platform and we were able to launch uh, having 88 to 90 locations you can imagine how the variety of onboarding was. So we've since then been able to launch a uniform method to not only handle all our new hire paperwork and documentation, but also orientation and so forth. So that's a big step. But it's also, you're correct, it's also branched into 
having an influence with the professional development with our district managers and some of our uh, execs as well. And I feel like that's a big privilege. I think probably one of the challenges, not just with our company, but I think in any industry today is graduating from existing uh, management methods and, and trying to update into today's more um, that accommodates better our new workforce. And so, of course, that's a challenge, I think, for any company right now. Yeah, absolutely. And I actually want to touch upon this a little bit. You know, I, I heard you mention 88 to 90, you know, different locations and storefronts. You know, I'm, I'm assuming that we're talking hundreds of employees, which obviously is very diverse, but it is very diverse in today's, in today's workplace. I want to touch upon a little bit, you know, you mentioned the trans, the, the change in management and within today's workspace. And I want to touch upon um, the many hats of leadership, which I feel are more prevalent now, is more prevalent now today than in any other time. You know, right. 20, 30, 40 years ago, in my opinion, there was a very narrow mindset in regards to leadership, right? It's like, you know, right. I say you do <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> And as you mentioned, it's not like that today. We have a very diverse workspace across the U.S., four different generations, um, you know, different types of ethnicities, communities, languages, and now more than ever, being a leader that has to speak to every single individual in the workplace, I think is very prevalent and really the only way to succeed within a company. I'd love to just hear your thoughts on that and, you know, and what it really means to wear these different hats as a leader. Sure. Yeah. It's, you know, the only thing consistent anymore is change. And so in order to really be effective, we've always wanted to adapt to our workforce and you're, you're correct. It's not exclusive to any particular generation, but there are certain um, things that our new workforce is really requiring and especially in higher populated areas, they have options. And so if they're not receiving those things, then they are not um, opposed to looking for greener pasture, so to speak, because they can find it in, in these you know, more populated areas. So being a leader today, not only must we accommodate our new workforce and the demands that they have, but we also want to make sure that we're going above and beyond just management. Uh, to me, there's a big difference between management and leadership. Management, you know, you're just trying to hit the goals. But with leadership, it's more about influence and being able to invest in people. And so, of course, we wear different hats because we're, we are working with a variety of people. Personally, I love it. I think it helps keep us not only on our toes, but it also helps us to learn from one another. I have learned so much from the diverse group of people that I've worked with over the years, and it's only helped me to become a better leader. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I don't know how specific you want me to get, but I know that um, it's gone beyond just being able to live up to policy and just accomplish particular uh, goals written on paper for sure. Well, absolutely. And and you can be as specific as you want, you know, really whatever you feel is best to, to share with us. But I'd love to know from your perspective, because you are doing it, you are a leader in a diverse environment. 
what do you think is needed to be a leader that wears many hats? Like what are some qualities and characteristics that you feel are really necessary to be, I guess, an empowering transformational leader, someone that can really see results in their team? Well, first and foremost, I think we have to stay learning at all times because there is change constantly uh, in our society and in business. I think we always need to stay in a posture where we're trying to learn Many years ago, I went to a seminar uh, where a professor, he listed all the various people throughout history who left life with great legacies and some that didn't. And what he, his thesis was is that the ones that left a lasting legacy were the ones that stayed teachable. So at a very young age, I decided, you know what, I want to stay always learning. The other is stay flexible. And the only way to really do that is to really focus on motives more than methods, if you're really stuck on a particular method or even a particular um, application or a particular process, if you're too stuck on that, you become rigid and become obsolete at some point. Where if we're focusing on the motives, the why behind what we're trying to accomplish, then we can be flexible with the methods on how we get there and we don't have to compromise our message or our mission behind it. The other for me is to remain being a giving person. As a true leader, it really can't be about us and our ego thinking that we actually have a whole lot to offer as much as it is, what can we do to help other people? And that's what makes this relevant uh, wherever we are, as far as I'm concerned. But giving, in my opinion, the act of giving to other people of any kind, whether it's your time, your mentoring, uh, or even if it's you know financial that act actually breaks the greed that we're naturally born with. And so I think with practice, it becomes more instinctive and more natural. Um, For me, the other thing is just asking a lot of questions and listening. You know, mom says that we have two ears and one mouth because we're supposed to listen twice as much as we speak. And so for me, it's asking a lot of questions helps us to gather the data that we need to be more relevant and more effective in our service as leaders. But we are definitely, um, to be effective, it really is the opposite. You would imagine a high-powered executive being successful because of their being a dominant person, but really it's almost the opposite to where the more we listen, the more we are available for service, the more effective we are, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's interesting, and, and I and I want to get your take on this, but, you know, this idea of great leadership has been around for a long time. We're not reinventing the wheel, right, when it comes to right. what it really takes to be a great leader and build a team. However, even today, we're seeing employee engagement plunge, right? We spend, right. you know, U.S. companies spend over 650 million dollars a year on employees that are disengaged 70 percent of those employees that are disengaged or that turn over do so because of their management or because of their leadership so you know we have all the resources we need we understand you know be empathetic be a great listener coach create transformation be kind be of service and yet we're still seeing these results why do you think that is in your opinion why is leadership so hard for individuals to grasp? Well, in many cases, what I've seen, and we're really, I have to say, I'm proud that our particular company is being proactive to um, really focus on, and that is not just the 
act of engagement, but getting rid of what I would call a do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> right. Oftentimes we have um, established leaders that feel like they want the results of the new type of management, new type of leadership, but they don't exactly implement it fully. And so what happens is they want the results, but not able to get that complete engagement that we're talking about. And to me, engagement isn't complicated. It's just taking genuine interest in someone. And so we can be as kind as we want, but as you're saying, if we aren't genuinely interested in the growth and the development of someone else, if we're not genuinely willing to invest in their success, um, this new today's workforce really senses that. And so to me, it's not, again, an exclusive to any age group or any demographic. It's just the state of our current workforce. We're fortunate in that we are in a society where our unemployment rate is really low, but that also means that there are more opportunities. And so they are going to go where they feel the culture is genuine and meets their criteria. And, you know, it's very important that we understand that it's just, it's really taking a genuine interest in them. And that'll reflect not only in our conversations, but also in our questions, um, being willing to invest into somebody, even if they don't stay, you know, being willing to have your company imprint on their success is more important than them, you know, staying for 30 years necessarily. There will be some that will, but it's kind of like investing without an agenda. And it's, 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 again, it's kind of the opposite of what we really, you know, you're talking about retention and I'm saying, well, don't worry about retention, worry about engaging genuine and sincere and then let the chips fall. Right. You know what? And you're absolutely right. And it's interesting that you mentioned that because I always say, you know, build those, build brand ambassadors, right? Whether they're working for you or not, you know, yeah. investing in your people. And if they happen to move on because of a different opportunity, or maybe they're just in a different place in their life, at least they leave the company really enjoying the workplace and having great things to say. I think too many times employees leave a company and unfortunately they just trash the brand, right? They don't have a lot of positive right. to say, you know, they exit, you know, not feeling super positive about the workplace. And I think that you're right. You know, when we invest in our people with no, with no motive other than just to help them get to that next level as a professional, then if they do leave, at least there is positive reinforcement that they're sharing about the brand, which is, which is pivotal. Agreed, because they're not going to mention, oh, it's a great company. I just had a bad manager. They're just going to say, don't go work there. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Daniel, thank you so much for your time today. I'd love to jump into the power section of the interview and ask you just generally, uh, not specific mm -hmm. to, to your company, but what's something that you would really like to see more of in 2020 in the workplace? Well, I think for me, it's, I may have mentioned it already, but to me, it would be more along the lines of people taking more of a genuine interest in each other and putting other people's needs before their own. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's a value. And I think for me, I like to be more value driven than needs driven. And I just would love to see more of that in this next year. I would love to see more of our leaders um, be more vulnerable and be willing to see the value in values rather than 
you know, policy necessarily and just really invest in people because they're, they are our best commodity, better than anything we can offer. And we've seen that by other leaders uh, and we've seen it, we read it in the articles and I just, I would love to see more of that. Absolutely. And we always like to ask these last two questions. If you can leave the world with one final message, we call it our golden nugget. What would your golden nugget be? <laughs> um, well, I can't always remember all the rules or policies, but I can use values as a matrix for my decision making. I feel like values are timeless and regardless, but you know, rules can change with the times and culture. So for me, it would just simply be, you know, let your life and your professionally and personally, let it be led by values instead of by overly specific goals. Right. Absolutely. And lastly, as you know, we are rise up for you. That can mean so many things, not necessarily about just one individual, but really making an impact. So when you hear this phrase rise up for you, what does it mean to you? That's a great question. And and I really love the name uh, and that particular uh, motto or name. For me, it's, to me, I just want to, I see it as becoming the best version of me that I can attain. You know, we'll never be perfect because if that were true, we would actually see people in this world or have people in our history that were perfect. So that's not attainable. However, it doesn't mean that I have a license to be a jerk or avoid striving to be my best either. So I owe it to my creator, myself, and those around me to do everything I can to be the best version of me possible. And so rising up for me, uh, rise up for you to me means being the best version and working towards the best version of me that I could possibly attain. I love that answer. I, I really do. And you summed it up beautifully. And, uh, you know, I think that when we strive for that, that's when we are really at our best as a leader. You know, when we, when we take care of ourselves and we become the best version of ourselves, now we're in a place to really help an, other individuals as well. Daniel, exactly. to me, if I had to summarize leadership, it's really influence. Right. Um, John Maxwell says it really well in his book. You know, the great leaders ask great questions, and in you know, just tagging into what you just said, you know, when we're our best version, that's when we're our best influence to those around us. Absolutely, absolutely. Thank you again so much for your time today. It's been an honor mm-hmm. and privilege speaking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for joining us today. We are Rise Up For You, providing solutions to individuals and companies so that you can become your best self. We are all about supporting you with the skills that matter, the people skills, also known as the soft skills. If you want to learn more about us or if you haven't subscribed to this podcast yet, head over to riseupforyou.com. We have a ton of resources there for you that you can access immediately. We'd love to hear from you. Thank you again for joining us and we'll see you on our next episode.